Hello, and welcome to Three Association, a podcast about compassionate, contemplative, evocative supervision for spiritual directors. Created by three supervisors trained in the Together in the Mystery model. I'm Maria Tattoo Bowen. I'm Tara Owens. And I'm Noelka McDean. We're glad you're here. Now, let's listen in on today's Three Association conversation. Welcome to episode one. So we're free associating now with the word supervision. What do you think of when you hear the word supervision? Well, I'll tell you what I used to think of. Somebody kind of shaking their finger and judging me. But now that I've had many years of supervision that's been compassionate and contemplative and evocative, I just have this sense of a safe place to be to discuss my ministry of spiritual direction. How about you, Noel? What do you think of? Well, my experience is that when I hear the word supervision, there's just an inner resistance, you know, um, about that. Uh, I find that the the word brings up images of people watching over you or being micromanaged and being evaluated. So, um, but in the past few years, having experience, uh, particularly the model we're going to introduce, the the supervision model and together in the mystery, there's such a sense of freedom and a sense of of restfulness around that word supervision. I feel much like you, Maria and Noel, um, that sense supervision when that word comes up makes me think, oh God, what am I doing wrong? (laughs) There's that sort of interior flinch. um, (laughs) uh, But as I have come into this space. Um, and really the reason why we're doing this podcast together, why we're having this conversation is to reintroduce or pr- probably reclaim um, that reaction to the word supervision um, and invite spiritual directors, um, particularly into a place of ease and openness um, with that. I, and I will admit, I still have a little bit of that flinchy uh, still, still there in my body, muscle memory, but I love the fact that I now hear supervision and the majority of me goes, Oh, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's certainly what I feel when I see supervision on my calendar, just, mm-hmm. yeah. So we've done our free association. Let's introduce ourselves to our listeners, um, and I'll begin with asking Noel. Would you introduce yourself? Uh, where are you? Who are you? Thanks, Tara. My name's Noel Kabikin, and I'm calling in from Manila in the Philippines. Um, I'm a psychotherapist by training and spiritual director as well, and in the past few years have been engaging in the Ministry of Supervision. And how about you, Maria? You know, where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from San Luis Obispo, California. Um, I'm a professor at Fordham University's um, Graduate School of Religion and Religious Education, where I founded and direct the Advanced Certificate in Supervision Program. It's such a blessing to spend my life in that way. Tara, how about you? I'm in Colorado Springs, Colorado. 
um, with my dog who may or may not make an appearance on the podcast. We welcome animals here on this podcast. Uh, and I am the founder and executive director of Anamkara Ministries, where I've been practicing spiritual direction um, and the training of, of spiritual directors, as well as over these past years, practicing supervision. Wonderful. Such a joy to be together to discuss it supervision. Is. Yeah. Maria, this first episode, we wanted to ask the question, what is supervision? Uh, we've done our, our free association around it. We've, we know what people um, usually react or respond to when they hear the word. Um, and for some spiritual directors, they've been um, trained in formation programs that maybe don't have um, a strong sense of what one-on-one -on -one supervision might be. Um, and for those people and for all of our listeners, how would you define supervision when it comes to spiritual direction? Well, when I think about supervision, I think of it as a space that's not unlike a spiritual direction space where a spiritual director can come and have a conversation with a colleague who has perhaps a little more experience than they do, or sometimes it's the same amount of experience, but to have that conversation about their ministry and their own inner experience of offering spiritual direction. Um, with a colleague who can understand what's happening, who can evoke more, who can offer compassion um, when experiences that are difficult get shared, mm -hmm. who can brainstorm together and discern kind of what God's call is um, that might be emerging even from a difficult um, space in spiritual direction. Although sometimes supervision is also just about celebrating joyful things that arise in spiritual direction. It's also a great place to talk about ethics, boundaries, things like that, to explore safety for the directee if they're having mental health crises, those kinds of things. It sounds like a rich, supportive space uh, to be in, you know, supervision. And what I, I like, Maria, about what you said is the whole thing on collegiality, how it's um, because of the images we had of supervision as someone looking over your shoulder. This is a this is a new image for, for me, and I'm sure for a lot of us, this image of supervision as a collegial exercise. Could you say more about, about that? Yes. I mean, I think that's a really important part of it. It really, it really sort of takes away that, um, that fear of coming in to have somebody stand over us and judge us in supervision, mm -hmm. that this really is a collegial conversation. Um, where we're just kind of waiting together on God, where we're discerning, where we're um, sort of being for the director and supporting the director. Um, yeah. So I want to follow up um, on that because you used a word um, and named something that I think that we've been kind of dancing around in images, which is the word fear. Um, and I know that, um, I mean, I've had, lovely supervisors in my life. Um, one of them might be listening right now. You were lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Um, but, but there is that fear um, that, that we, because we have such a history um, in a lot of our workspaces, um, in a lot of our educational models of that sense of judgment, of that impending sense of doom um, on some level. And then I, that also for so many of us, um, 
transfers into our relationship with the divine. Um, and I, I want to just ask, as a supervisor, coming alongside in that collegial way, um, what is one of your deepest delights in accompanying spiritual directors, um, perhaps out of that fear, um, out of that model of the finger shaking, the, um, or the what did you do wrong in this session with your directee? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, just watching freedom arise, you know, people, mm -hmm. a lot of times I find directors come in with a pretty large burden of self-judgment before they ever even get to me as a supervisor, like they're already judging themselves. And so the last thing that I want to do is judge them. What I want to do is sit with the part of them that's judging themselves and also whatever the unfreedom was in the first place that might have caused them to say something they didn't want to say or do something they didn't want to do. And then when we can sit with that and, and sense God's freedom emerging there so that the director can go back to that directee in a grounded, spacious place, that is one of my deepest delights. Yeah. How about you? Do you, what are your deepest delights? You're both supervisors. I think there are moments when, you know, when a supervisor comes into the room unsure of themselves and, um, and really kind of, you know, quaking in their boots and then realize that it is a space where actually God wants to bring them rest and wants to un them to unload their burdens, you know, because uh, the ministry of spiritual direction is it's a ministry where, you, you know, you don't leave unscathed, you know, you, right. our humanity gets kind of touched and triggered and we carry burdens for ourselves and we, you know, we get kind of echoes of our own stories in the pains of others. So, um, but also the delights of others. So when, when I see people come in and say, this is a difficult thing. And then in the process discover that, wow, the spirit of God is there and grace is there. And you see that whole, you know, the Tara was talking about the sigh, you know, like that, huh, that yeah. whole thing. When you, when you hear that, when you see that, it's such a, you know, a very moving, moving thing. And for me, just as in spiritual direction, it's, it's the holy surprise that I delight in, in supervision, which sort of encompasses what you, Maria and Noel, have been saying, is that that time where we get to see, oh, there was a parallel process going on here, or there's a simultaneous mm -hmm. grace, or look at how God's using your story and, and your own unique history and, and is bringing up healing for you and compassion for your directee and that and there are things that um i know when i'm in supervision as a director i couldn't see them by myself um and having that um not just colleague um because sometimes i think of you know going out to coffee and talking about obviously we don't do that with with spiritual direction <laughs> but but that sense of of someone who is so compassionately and attentively listening for those things um that i don't see um, and that i can't see by myself um as a spiritual director and i love getting to participate in that as a supervisor mm. I'm also struck, Tara, when you were talking about the fear factor in supervision, 
you know, and coming from maybe other spaces where we're being supervised. That's, I think that's really true. But I also think some of it occurs because we first, as spiritual directors, start getting supervised when we're in training and we're mm. so tentative about our, our practice. And we don't, you know, we know that we, there's a lot we don't know. And now mm. we're having to bring that before somebody with experience. And then that feels quite, can feel quite um, tender. And I think the, one of the things that's really important for spiritual directors to remember is that supervisors are themselves spiritual directors and they know how to listen with compassion. And I would piggyback on that to say, um, we were in training too. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I think of that, the, the reminder of the beginner's mind and, um, and coming back to that space that, of that where we don't know. Um, and, and that invitation to be tender and begin. One of the things, Maria, that I so appreciated and have appreciated about um, the way your model of um, supervision ministry works and how we start with the fact that we are going to make extravagant mistakes mm. in, the, in the learning process. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that permission um, to, as we are learning, um, in whatever mode we're learning in, to be able to do that and to know that after the learning, after whenever the program is complete or what have you, you still have a supervisor out there who's with mm. you in those places that you might think are mistakes or unfreedoms and, and who are, who is there to to consider that it's almost like continually having the formation process um, mm. with you all the time. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mm. learned, I still, after I've been doing this maybe 30 years, I'm still learning in supervision mm. about how to be a spiritual director. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Very rich. Mm. Mm. And there's something there, Tara, about that whole feeling of, I, I, I'm supported. I could bring something you know, that is frazzling, that is, you know, surprising in this spiritual direction session. Um, I could bring it to someone whom I know would be there to support me and who is for me and for the person. I think that's very important for me as a, a resource, but also just, you know, uh, a sense of, of kind of professional uh, support, a sense of this belong to a community of, of spiritual directors you know, who are in this together. Yes, yes, together in the mystery. <laughs> well, exactly. and, that, and that togetherness. I mean, we, I think, Noel, you put it so well with that sense of the burden that we carry sometimes because we are human as spiritual directors. Mm -hmm. And I think when I began my practice of spiritual direction, perhaps I was not as awake <laughs> as I am now, mm -hmm. but the thing that was most surprising to me 15 plus years ago was how much pain people were in. Yeah. How much pain. And yeah. those first few years of practice, I was, I was exhausted from carrying it. Mm. Um, and it was a learning of, of letting go of that burden in supervision. Um, it was a developing mm. the muscle of letting it go. Um, yeah. But you articulated that, that human 
reality that we do um, we do take on things. We experience secondary trauma. We um, need to learn, um, as we'll talk about in other episodes, what it means to have a toolkit or um, what our capacity cushion is or what self-care is or be reminded if we already knew. And and supervision is a place where I get reminded of that. Yeah. I, get, I get called back to my best self as a spiritual director, but not in a punitive kind of way. It does not based in fear. I think of the verse in first uh, John that talks about mm. being in love um, mm. and that, that this process is so steeped in love um, that there's no fear of punishment. Um, and to, to enter into it without that is such a gift. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's important to note that some spiritual directors have had supervisory relationships that have felt wounding to them. Mm -hmm. And if you're one of those spiritual directors, I want to just encourage you to try again, to find a different supervisor, maybe with a different point of view, who does operate out of love. I think we all want to operate out of love. Absolutely. Um, but um, sometimes you know, we get, we're unfree for whatever mm -hmm. reason. So mm -hmm. please keep trying um, because when a supervisory relationship works, it's incredibly freeing. And it's also so, it's such a uh, kind of a, a reset that allows mm -hmm. us to kind of get out of our own way and reminds us that God really has this process, mm -hmm. has us, has our directee. Mm -hmm that more is happening than just our difficulties here. Mm. Mm. Well, and I think, Marie, oh, go ahead, Noel. Well, I was about to ask Maria, because um, the model we learned from you from Together in the Mystery is one of that is really steep in compassion. And that's at the forefront of, of the model. Um, uh, could you say a bit more about that or maybe walk her you know, our listeners through what's different and what's the process like? Ah, sure. So um, I, compassion, one of the reasons I emphasize it so much is because I have had so many experiences with people coming in who are just so hard on themselves, as we've um, noticed before mm -hmm. when I was talking before about people come in with such self-judgment. And so my feeling is that the last thing we need is self-judgment and that compassion is what's required. And, you know, of course, Jesus was the compassionate one, right? I mean, that's, and I, I operate out of the Catholic tradition and, and I really value that um, about Jesus. Um, and compassion is big in other traditions as well. So, you know, I think we can agree on the fact that compassion is healing. Um, in terms of what makes this model different, I think, you know, it, it, oh, this model owes a lot to Maureen Conroy and all the beautiful work that she did in Ignatian supervision. Um, and it sort of takes that and builds on it with, um, with something called the experience circle that comes out of the Center for Spirituality and Justice in the Bronx. So it, it, it takes what um, what was happening in Conroy's model in, in mostly the interpersonal and intrapersonal arenas and sort of seeks to broaden it so that uh, we 
we have a, a both a spiritual direction conversation and a supervision conversation that involves the whole person and every arena of experience. And we'll be speaking about that when we have a, um, a future episode on the experience circle. But I'd, I'd say that's that's kind of what makes it different. What, what makes it different in, in both of your experience? Because you've experienced the Together in the Mystery mo- in model and also perhaps other models of supervision. Well, I'll jump in and say you named the two distinctives, but I think the the ground of the entire time being compassion, being that sense of my supervisor is with me. The root of compassion is to suffer with. Um, and that sense of like being with in that. Um, and we probably, there, there are many podcasts out there and conversations that talk about um, neurotheology and the fact that our brains operate differently when we're in a space of compassion. And I think that for me has been one of the big differences. And then the second is that sense that, yes, there's something going on in me. Yes, there's something going on between me and my directee. But also there might be something going on communally or structurally or environmentally um, that my scope is broadened again and again. And and it, the, the freedom that God wants to bring may be primarily in that intrapersonal arena. But to see a holistic picture reminds me again that I don't have to carry it uh, and that it's, that it's bigger than me um, and that I am... I am really along for the ride. I'm, I am there to be in the flow with the spirit. Mm. Yeah. Very similar to what Tara is saying. You know, Tara, uh, I liked about in the model about that. It's not just about the interpersonal or interpersonal, how it widens our horizon. You know, I, I like Bernard Lonergan who speaks about, you know, conversion is this ever widening horizon that we have. And, um, and that's what my experience of this model is that, first of all, compassion allows me to be there, to be vulnerable, and to, to not have kind of walls consciously. I know there's still unconscious ones, but at least consciously to, to be um, willing for in, uh, to be part of the process. And I think that's, that's such a gift. And, and when I met with compassion, when I experienced compassion from another, that just expands, you know, um, this sense of, um, of where I can look, um, uh, places where I might be afraid to look at or I'm kind of defensive at. That kind of expands this sense of, um, of even permission for myself to, to go there and, and find God there. Find mm. God in those places, in the, new, in the nooks and crannies, in the ever-widening, you know, places that, are, that compassion calls for. That's what I like about this model that it is not just skill-based, it's not just reflection-based, but it is transformative. It, you know, it, it calls us to the more. Hmm. Yeah, I'm so glad that's your experience of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd like to take another stab at that question you asked earlier, Noel, about um, kind of what, what moved us to create this model. So when I was working um, at San Francisco Theological Seminary in the 
1990s and 2000s, beginning of 2000s, there was an amazing faculty there of people like uh, Elizabeth um, Liebert and Rebecca Bradbird Langer, Mary Rose Bumpus, James Neefsey, all kinds of people that Susan Phillips um, that were just so beautiful to work with. And we had a sense that um, we could bring sort of a different point of view to supervision in the sense of building on Maureen Conroy's Ignatian model, but um, kind of engaging it in light of the experience circle, but also um, thinking about how to deal with students in particular, you know, that just looking into the well of our inner experience may not be enough for a student. We need to perhaps also look more at um, skill building even, and, um, and maybe even look a little bit at the directee, not just at the director, because in fact, this is a relationship that we're, um, trying to foster and grow a relationship with God and also between director and directee. Um, so those were some of the reasons that we turned to, to this new model. It sort of came out organically of that program, but it also then, um, uh, the Together in the Mystery program of training spiritual directors drew, grew out of the need uh, for more supervisors, sorry, the Together in the Mystery model of supervision uh, in training program form grew out of our need for more supervisors in that particular program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, it's amazing how it is a communal effort. It's a collegial effort how it all came to be. That's such a beautiful thing there. Yeah, it really was beautiful. It was a lovely experience to be in the program, but also that, you know, a book grew out of that program. And then mm -hmm. Rebecca and I started the training program. Uh, for mm -hmm. supervisors out of that program. So, and that program's done a lot of changing over time. Mm -hmm. I think together in the mystery, um, this model really, it's perfect to have it be at Fordham now in the sense that it's very Ignatian. Mm -hmm. It's really about God yeah. and all things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I have a, a follow-up question, Maria, if I may. Uh, we kept mentioning about the experience circle. Could you just, you know, share a bit to our listeners about what that might Mean yeah, sure. So the experience circle um, is something we'll have a, a whole podcast on later, but mm. but just to kind of uh, say a little something about it, it it is a uh, it grew out of the Center for Spirituality and Justice in the Bronx, and um, and I believe in the eighties, maybe even late late seventies. And Eleanor Shea, Jack Mostyn, um, people like that were trying to look at spiritual direction differently. At the time, spiritual direction was very much about one's inner life with God. And, um, and the writings of the times really emphasized that. But they were working in a center for spirituality and justice and really wanted to see the justice implications of spiritual direction. And so um, they worked with Peter, people like Peter Henrio, who was do, working in um, kind of uh, sociology and they worked among themselves uh, too and, and came up with um, uh, kind of a way of offering spiritual direction that considered um, the communal and structural 
um, world as, as well as, you know, one's inner life with God. Um, and so the experience circle has had many iterations since then, but it, um, these days, when I talk about it, at least we talk about the dimensions of human experience being, you know, body, mind, emotions, uh, imagination, intuition, things like that. And the um, arenas of human experience being interpersonal, intrapersonal, um, environmental, and communal structural. So we've had a great conversation about supervision, what it is, um, and how compassion um, really is an undergirding space in it. We will be having additional conversations about um, all sorts of topics in supervision um, that we've seen as important in our own ministries of supervision and in our own ministries of spiritual direction. Um, but Maria, we want to we want to make this a little more concrete for our listeners. Um, I would love it if you would share with us um, an experience that you've had in supervision for yourself um, that has been really consoling or transformative, sort of a why supervision um, example of what supervision can do in our own lives and journeys as spiritual directors. Sure. So I had the experience several years back of caring for a family member with multiple myeloma who needed a a bone marrow transplant, which meant he had to have his whole immune system kind of taken out um, in order to heal from this cancer, which had implications for me as a spiritual director. I was meeting almost all of my directees in person at that time. And I was also conscious that I didn't want to share too much about my personal life with my directees. Like I didn't want them to start to feel feel like they had to check in with me about how my caregiving was going. And it was really a, a difficult time for me as a spiritual director because to that time I'd had pretty tight boundaries and I just showed up for my directees and I didn't say much or anything even about myself. So I was challenged because I had to basically say, I'm caring for an ill family member who's immunocompromised. And if you have any hint of exposure to any kind of pathogen, I can't see you. I will have to have a phone session or a Zoom session or something. Um, So my supervisor worked that through with me and it was a really ongoing kind of thing because I was in Mm -hmm. that caregiving position Mm -hmm. for a long time. But I... I would have had to stop offering spiritual direction if I couldn't negotiate that well. And I'll be forever grateful to her in her compassion and her wisdom, um, just accompanying me through caring for this really um, terribly sick family member at the very same time I was offering spiritual direction. Um, and I, I did not like having to reveal things about my life. So that was, there was a lot to work through with that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Maria, for that story. And you'll be hearing listeners from all of us as we talk about stories of transformation within supervision and examples uh, to make it concrete for you. Uh, we're looking forward to having you in all of these conversations. Thanks for being with us. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for today's Three Association Conversation. 
This and every Three Association episode can be found at threeassociation.com, on SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast feed. We appreciate you being with us. Please feel free to forward this or any other Three Association conversation to those who might benefit. Blessings on your life and ministry.